Welcome to the A Thousand Lives broadcast, the go-to podcast for all things related to Christian missions in China. This is Austin, your host and missionary to China with Vision Baptist Missions and the Vision for China team. For more information about Vision Baptist Missions, the Vision for China team, and how to take the first step on your path to making Jesus famous in China, head on over to visionforchina.org. There you'll also find a slew of resources to aid you in both sharing the gospel with Chinese friends as well as to help you encourage others to give their lives to making Jesus known in China. Well, just last week, I had the privilege of interviewing Trent for this broadcast. He is a good friend of mine and a missionary to China with Vision Baptist Missions and the Vision for China team. If you have not yet listened to that episode, I'd really encourage you to do so. He shared his heart for the Lord and for China with us, and we got to hear a lot about how the Lord worked in his and his family's life to set them on a path that they are currently on to proclaiming Jesus in China. Well, unlike other episodes so far, it's formatted to give him plenty of time to share what all the Lord is doing as they gear up for China, and I'd urge you to give that episode a listen. It is certainly worth your time. Well, now for this week's episode, I am going to finally circle things back around to sharing with you all a story from the life of C.T. Studd in the Cambridge 7. If you've been following along, I actually announced this story a couple of weeks back before I realized how soon Chinese New Year was, so after some shifting around, here we finally are. I'm excited to share this story with you because it shows an alternate side to learning Chinese. We've already gotten into Jonathan Gilfor's story and how he struggled to master the language. He was working super hard and just couldn't get it until the Lord stepped in to help. C.T. Studd's story, interestingly enough, is the exact opposite. He went to China hoping he wouldn't have to work hard at all at learning the language and expected it to come supernaturally. His mindset was, if I just pray and ask God to give me the language, he certainly will, right? If I just surrender my life to serve the Lord overseas, he'll just drop the language into my lap, right? Even as we heard Gofor's story the other week, we may be tempted to think that the key to learning a language is prayer and prayer alone. If we just pray and ask the Lord to miraculously enable us to speak Mandarin Chinese so that we can preach the gospel, he'll certainly bless and give it to us, right? That was Gofor's problem, wasn't it? He should have just thought to pray early, don't you think? Well, C.T. Studd learned the answers to those questions the hard way, and you'll hear about that in a bit. Keep in mind, the Cambridge Seven were a group of seven young men, most of whom had gone to college at Cambridge University there in England, who signed up as missionaries to China with the China Inland Mission all at about the same time. Before they sailed to China, Hudson Taylor, who founded the mission, personally requested that they would first make a tour around England to preach and encourage other college students to surrender their lives to serving the Lord there in China. They quickly became well-known throughout all of England as really the poster boys for the China Inland Mission, especially seeing as how up until that point in the mission's brief history, most missionary recruits with the CIM were blue-collar and had never been to university. The Seven actually helped the CIM make this transition toward recruiting more college students. The people of England particularly the college students of England, were fascinated by the Cambridge Seven's willingness to forsake all the opportunities that higher education could offer them there in Europe for the sake of making Jesus famous in China. C.T. Studd had been a renowned cricketer before surrendering to the Lord's call to the mission field. He played sports, and he was eager, though, to give all of that up, get to China, and do great things for the Lord. Now, now landing in Shanghai and quickly being assigned to a city inland where he was to learn to speak Chinese, 
CT Studs' assumptions about language learning were quickly put to the test. Now, before we get into the details of CT Studs' struggle with Chinese, let's take a minute to consider the Chinese region of the week. This week, we are praying for Guangdong Province. Guangdong Province is located in southern China and is home to well over 100 million people. Yes, friends, you heard that right, over 100 million people. Around 110 million people, to be a bit more precise. Guangdong is China's most populous province and has 10 cities clustered around the delta of the Pearl River forming a sort of Decapolis or grouping of 10 metropolitan areas, kind of like the Decapolis mentioned in the Gospels of Scripture. Guangdong is a hub of trade, manufacturing, and technology for China and also neighbors both Hong Kong and Macau, these kind of special administrative cities that are there in southern China. If Guangdong were a country, it would be the 12th most populous country in the world, having more people than any one country in Europe. Please pray for Guangdong province. It is home to dozens of millions of people that desperately need the good news of Jesus Christ. The majority of people that live there do not know the gospel message. On a more personal note, I've been to Guangdong quite a few times and really love this area. In my personal opinion, Guangdong culture is southern Chinese culture at its finest, with tea and dim sum galore. My wife and I actually have family and friends that live in Guangdong and I am recording this episode actually on Chinese New Year's Eve. We actually just finished a call earlier this morning with family there in Guangdong that don't know the Lord. We were wishing each other a happy new year. Please pray for their salvation and pray that the Lord would raise up more laborers for this province. Brother, would you too pray for Guangdong? Will you ask the Lord to raise up and send more laborers who would be bold witnesses for Christ there? There are literally dozens of millions of people there that do not know of Jesus. Brother, you're out there listening right now, and I would challenge you to not only pray for Guangdong, but also to consider giving your life to making Jesus famous there. Would you arise and go and preach unto them Jesus? The Cambridge Seven, with C.T. Studd among them, arrived in Shanghai in April 1885. Due to political tensions between Britain and China at the time, the British consul would not issue documents to them for inland travel. So the Seven dressed themselves in the Chinese attire of the day, complete with artificial pigtails, to help them blend in with Chinese men who tied their hair into queues. Following Hudson Taylor's lead, they intended to slip inland without the knowledge of the governing authorities. As was the custom of the Chinese inland mission at the time, Shanghai was more of a transition point through which its missionaries traveled into the mainland from Britain or back to Britain from the mainland. They didn't do much ministry in Shanghai themselves as the China Inland Mission because so many other missions had stations and established ministries there. Shanghai for the China Inland Mission was also somewhat of this transition zone where new missionaries who arrived on the field, they'd spend some time adjusting to the culture in China there before being thrown into the deep end of the inland parts of the country. And so, so C.T. Studd and the other six, they arrive in Shanghai and they were supposed to form this habit of dressing, acting, and eating like Chinese people before they would head out to learn the language. They had a, a few days, maybe a few weeks buffer zone there. It was during this brief season in Shanghai that the seven at the leadership of C.T. Studd began to hold meetings for what they called the quote-unquote bad baptism of the Holy Ghost on their own hearts and the outpouring of the Spirit on China. 
These were more Pentecostal sorts of ideas that had begun to influence them greatly even during their college days, and they took it upon themselves to put them to the test now that they were there in China. And so from the very start, even in the early days there when they had just arrived in Shanghai, the seven began to hold regular meetings in which they would pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and specifically to receive the Chinese language supernaturally. They were basically praying for the gift of tongues. Well, many listening in might be thinking that surely someone with the China Inland Mission would have stepped in to say something. But the thing to remember is that at this point in the development of the China Inland Mission, its membership was actually already at over 150 missionaries on the field. It would seem that those meetings that CT Studd had organized, or at least the nature of what was going on in them, somehow slipped through the cracks, or at least initially, as we'll soon see. Well, the time came for them to be sent inland for language school, and Hudson Taylor assigned them to Shanxi Province, located in northern China, which at the time was considered one of the safest inland provinces and would be a good place for them to continue with their language studies. Shanxi Province was also home to the China Inland Mission's largest mission station. The mission station there in Shanxi had nine missionaries clustered together in the city of Taiyuan. As they set out from Shanghai, the seven divided with Cecil and author Pole Hill Turner, two brothers, then C.T. Studd and Montague Bichamp, they actually went south first on this kind of like a vision tour down through Sichuan province and into the southwest before coming back up into Shanxi province in the north through Shanxi province's southwest corner. Most of this trip was done by boats along China's rivers and waterways. All along the way, these four the Pole Hill Turner brothers, C.T. Studd and Buchamp, were chided by other missionaries as being on one long picnic because they refused to begin their study of the language and were throwing all of their time at prayer. They were spending all of their time throughout the day on praying specifically to receive the Chinese language supernaturally. And so all the other missionaries just started making fun of them. You guys are just on a picnic. You need to stop wasting time. You need to get to it. You need to begin your language study. No, no, no. They said, we're not going to do that. We're just going to pray. Surely the Lord will just give us the language. Surely the Lord will just give us the language. Well, not only that, but C.T. Studd and C. Cecil Pole Hill Turner, one of the brothers, even went so far as to convince other missionaries to give up their study of the language and devote all of their study time to praying for the Lord to simply give them the language supernaturally as well. So this idea that they had became somewhat contagious there among newer missionaries there in China. Now, isn't it ironic that Goforth, as we heard just a few weeks ago, was all effort without as much prayer, while these members of the Cambridge Seven were all prayer without any effort? C.T. Studd went even so far as to Mark 16:17 as quote-unquote proof that they shouldn't need to study Mandarin. Mark 16:17 says, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. C.T. Studd, along with the others, laid aside their grammar books and devoted much time to prayer for the supernatural gift of tongues. There's this one historian, this guy named A.J. Broomhall, who said, If anyone should have received it, talking about the gift of tongues, surely men who have forsaken and followed Christ could expect it as a mark of God's approval. But, as time quickly told, despite their fervent prayers for days and even weeks, no such supernatural gift of the Mandarin Chinese language came. They were wasting time that could have otherwise been spent on diligent language study for this quote-unquote continuous picnic, as it came to be called. Hudson Taylor would often urge them to devote time to language study, but to no avail. They were insistent that the language would come if they just trusted the Lord to give it to them. After all, they reasoned, surely the Lord would 
would fast track them to being able to clearly articulate the gospel to the Chinese. Well, everything came to a head, however, when Hudson Taylor decided he had to rebuke them strongly. Hudson Taylor was no novice to the Chinese language. He himself spoke some four dialects and had already lived in China for some two or three decades at this point. He sat them down and sternly warned the young missionaries that this desire for the supernatural gift of language was a subtle device of the devil that he was using to keep Chinese people from hearing the gospel. He told them that diligent language study was a necessary means to being able to communicate the gospel across cultures. Hudson Taylor is even quoted as saying to them, if I could put the Chinese language into your brains by one wave of my hand, I would not do it. Hudson Taylor grasped the value of the journey of learning a language to fluency. He understood that in the process of learning a language, there is so much culture and all of these mannerisms that are picked up as well that prove invaluable to any missionary. It took quite a few conversations like this with them and repeated failures on their part to receive this gift of Mandarin Chinese supernaturally before these four of the Cambridge Seven finally saw their error and knuckled down the study. In time, after much determined study over the course of many months, they all slowly became fluent in Chinese. Friends, there is a certain value that is given to a missionary in the eyes of the people he is sent to reach if he has endeavored and struggled through the difficulty of learning a new language. In many cases, it gives him a sort of credibility and makes many respect both him and his message more because they see that he was willing to devote so much time and effort to mastering the language to get the message to them. Now, friends, we, as God's people, have a powerful message to convey do we not? We have the most important message known to man that has been entrusted to us to preach to the world. The Bible says that this message, the gospel, is the power of God unto salvation. Packed in this message of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ is the power of God to save sinners. Now, I don't know about you, but I believe that with all of my heart. This gospel has changed me personally. It has transformed my life. God has done a work in me because of what Christ did at the cross and in his resurrection. And I, even as an English-speaking American, am beyond grateful that there are many faithful preachers of that message in my own language, and that 21 years ago, after hearing many of them preach it over and over again, the Spirit of God did a work in my heart, convicting me of my sin and saving me. Brother, do you realize that while there are some preachers of the gospel in China, while there are some preachers of the gospel in the Mandarin Chinese language, while there are those who have made it a point to regularly lift high the name of Christ there in China, there are still dozens of millions of Chinese who have no clue who Jesus Christ is. Do you realize that, friend? There are people in China right now that don't realize that there is a God that created them. They don't realize that his name is Jesus. They don't realize that he loves them, that he died for them, that he conquered sin, death, and the grave. They don't know that salvation and life eternal are offered in him. Friend, I say all of this to emphasize among China's billions, we, God's children, have innumerable opportunities to make him known, to make him famous. Unfortunately, the Mandarin Chinese language is often seen as an insurmountable giant that stands between us and obedience to the Great Commission there in China. If you are out there listening today, wanting to do something for Jesus in China, but are paralyzed by the fear of Chinese characters, Chinese grammar, and Chinese tones, I want to once again encourage you by reminding you that Jesus is worthy. Yes, learning a language requires work. It requires effort. It requires hours upon hours of study. 
It requires those countless hours of study coupled with much prayer that we could master it quickly so as to proclaim it before it's too late. Despite all the investment required, please consider that Jesus is worthy. He is worthy of being boldly proclaimed throughout China. He is worthy of all of the time and effort you would put into language study. He is worthy of all of the blood, sweat, and tears required to understand and thrive in the culture. Jesus is worthy. C.T. Studd, albeit through a roundabout way, ended up being convinced of that and went on to being used mightily of the Lord in China and even all around the world. My fear for so many believers in America, particularly young men, is that they feel the calling of God on their life to preach but do not even give China a thought because they either know little about China and the need or because they simply don't realize the many opportunities that exist to make Jesus famous there in China. My fear is that there may be some young believing men right now in the States who would do something for Christ in China, but like C.T. Studd and some of the rest of the Cambridge Seven are too busy with their quote-unquote continuous picnic. I'm afraid they are too busy asking the Lord for open doors to make much of Him when there are many doors wide open there in China. If they would devote a few years to gospel and ministry training as well as to language and culture study, they could, like the Apostle Paul and his gang, quote-unquote, turn the world upside down there in China. If they would just knuckle down to train and study like C.T. Studd and the missionaries of his generation, they could see countless myriads of Chinese come to know Christ. Brother, I challenge you to stop considering the step of learning the Chinese language and culture as a burden or some insurmountable obstacle and to rather consider it as a means to bringing much glory and honor to your Lord, Jesus Christ in China. There are so many wonderful opportunities to preach Jesus and serve Him in China. Brother, if you want to take that next step toward China and learn how to continue on a path toward full-time ministry there in China, please reach out to us. You can email us at info at visionmissions.com. That is I-N-F-O at V-I-S-I-O-N-M-I-S-S-I-O-N-S dot C-O-M or email me personally at austin at reachingchina.org. That is A-U-S-T-I-N at R-E-A-C-H-I-N-G-C-H-I-N-A dot O-R-G. We'd love to talk to you about the next step you can take towards preaching Jesus in China, whether that next step be Bible training, ministry training, or language and culture training. It would be our joy to guide you on your path to making Jesus famous in China. Friends, the Bible says in Psalm 19 that the Lord is our strength and our redeemer. In Chinese, they say, is Chinese for redeemer. The thing is, so many in China have no idea that Jesus is a redeemer, and they most likely don't even realize that they need a redeemer, that they need a Brother, would you consider taking the message of the to China so that they would hear and be saved? If not you, then who? Well, this concludes today's episode of the A Thousand Lives broadcast. Be sure to tune in to next week's episode where we will hear the story of one of Hudson Taylor's Chinese friends named Peter and how he died rather unexpectedly one day as Hudson Taylor was traveling to preach. Hudson Taylor went on to tell Peter's story many times back in England to open the eyes of his fellow Englishmen to the great need of the gospel there in China. If you haven't already, go ahead and hit that subscribe button for the A Thousand Lives broadcast so that you won't miss out on Peter's story and many 
many other exciting stories like it. We have new episodes every Monday morning. Please remember to pray for Guangdong province this week. Guangdong is China's most populous province with well over 100 million people. Guangdong province is home to innumerable opportunities to preach Jesus. Will you pray for them? Will you pray for God to raise up more preachers to take those opportunities and give their lives to preaching the Zhou Shu Zhu in Guangdong? Thank you again for listening to the A Thousand Lives broadcast. This has been Austin, your host and missionary to China with Vision Baptist Missions and the Vision for China team. For more information about Vision Baptist Missions, the Vision for China team, and how to take the first First step on your path to making Jesus famous in China, head on over to visionforchina.org. That is V-I-S-I-O-N-F-O-R-C-H-I-N-A dot O-R-G. There you'll find a slew of resources to aid you in both sharing the gospel with Chinese friends as well as encouraging others to give their lives to making Jesus known in China. Well, until next time, 再见。